Shut up and let Tom Thibodeau do his job, please. That is the theme of today's new edition of the Scout with Brian podcast, where history seems doomed to repeat itself like it repeatedly does over and over in Tom Thibodeau's coaching career as the disease of more quickly takes over. Franchises forget how bad they had it before Tom Thibodeau got there, get greedy with a little taste of success, uh, and end up running him out of town uh, to ultimately find far worse results and disappointment. It started already after a loss to Miami, the Miami Heat, who went to the NBA Finals last season. Tommy Beer tweets, bad loss for the Knicks. Bad loss? First of all, it's the Heat. It's not a bad loss. I don't care where the Heat are in the standings this season. That's a tremendous organization. For the Knicks, where they're at, where they've been at the last 10, 15 years, to be calling anything a bad loss to Miami? Are you kidding me? Continues, not only did they lose a winnable game, they didn't provide much of an opportunity for their young core to contribute. Delicate balance, New York will have to walk all season. Elf Payton was 3 of 12 from the floor. He took more shots than Quickly and Toppin combined. First of all, coaches don't decide shots. I'm going to just debunk a popular misconception there because everybody loves to throw out shots as some example that Tibbs is in love with Elford Payton and really wants him shooting the ball every single time down the floor. That's not what that means at all. Tibbs calls a general play. Even a general play very rarely... Actually, really never does it say this guy is supposed to shoot the ball on this play. Each play has 10 million options, all read and reacts based on what the defense does. They're not running ISO post-up plays for Alfred Payton. They're running offense. They have him handle the ball a lot. They run a lot of pick and rolls. They don't like to turn the ball over. That's all part of why their defense is substantially better this season. And you know what? He gets caught with the ball at the end of the shot clock a decent amount. And he shoots the ball. That's not on the coach. Blaming him for Alfred Payton taking more shots is ridiculous. Okay, yes, Alfred Payton is probably the worst starting point guard in the league. And really, he's a backup point guard on a maybe decent team. That's who he is. I understand your frustration about Alfred Payton. It's just not that good. (laughs) But he's what the Knicks have right now. He is the point guard. And as much as you like quickly and all these, everybody always loves youth and Frank and all these guys, there's a reason Frank has not been played by five different head coaches. There's a reason the same thing's happening with Knox. Those guys are just nothing special. They are who they are at this point. It's readily apparent if that many coaches think that of you, that many coaches don't really see a role for you, that there's some fatal flaw in you as a player. Let's go back to Tom Thibodeau, though. I talked about history repeating itself. The Bulls, before they hired Tibbs, two years before, won 41 games each season. 41-41. After, and bear in mind, all of these numbers I'm going to give you, there's a couple of them I'm going to say on pace for, because either there was the lockout shortened season Obviously, the COVID-shortened season last year or the shorter season that's happening this season. So when I say pace, that's what I'm referring to. First year with Tibbs in Chicago, they won 62. Next year, they were on pace to win 62 again. Then they won 45, 48, 
50. 50 wins. He got fired after winning 50 games in Chicago. Because all this chatter again, oh, the, he's not analytic enough. He's not running a, a Maury Ball offense. He's playing guys too much. He's not listening to the analytic sports science nerds. Post-Tibbs, you know how they've done in Chicago? 42, 41, 27, 22. They were on pace for 30 last season. They're on pace for 32 this season. That's right. They've never even come close to the level of success Tom Thibodeau brought to the Chicago Bulls. Nowhere close. Think about that. 62, 50, 45, 48, 50. To 42, 41, 27, 22, 30, 32. How about Minnesota? Two years before Tibbs got there. 16, 29 wins. First year, 31. Second year, 47. They make the playoffs for the first time in 14 years. 14 years. Next year, they're 19 and 21. On pace to win 39 games. Two games out of the playoffs. Beat the Lakers by 22 points. And Tibbs gets fired post-game. 39 win pace after their first playoff season in 14 years. Do you know how obscene that is? And yes, it's not just on the bloggers. It's obviously crappy owners that make these terrible decisions and that are manipulated by these things and so on and so forth. But guess what? Owners and GMs and all these people, they're fickle. They pay attention to that crap. They, they don't really care, but they know the pulse of the, of the media's coverage of the team and how the, what the bloggers are saying and all this stuff. And there was all this negativity swirling about Tibbs again in Minnesota. And I understand he wasn't the best GM in the world. Certainly didn't do an amazing job there. Deserved plenty of criticism for how things fell apart. You know, how they lost Jimmy Butler. All those things. But they were playing solid basketball with him as the coach. Again, they just made the playoffs for the first time in 14 years. So they were on that 39-win pace in playoff contention for sure. End up winning 36 Ryan Saunders as the interim coach. Last season, on pace to win 24. This season, on pace to win 21. Again, another organization falling apart since they fired Tom Thibodeau as head coach. The Knicks. They were on pace to win 26 games last season. This year, they're on pace to win 36. The last time the Knicks won 36 games... At least 36 games. 2013-14, they won 37 games. After that 37-win season, 17, 32, 31, 29, 17. Again, on pace to win 36 games this year. If it was a full season, obviously. Don't take respectability for granted. Okay, nobody makes a leap right away, very, very rarely, especially without adding a super team and just getting lucky enough to combine two or three max-type free agents. Nobody just takes a team right away to 60 wins and championship contention. There's a process here. Trust the process. When you're a team that's consistently winning 17, 20, 25 games, Leaping to around 500 is a massive leap. That's the first step. Get back to around 500. 
compete for a playoff spot, be in the ninth seed like they are now, be 11 and 14. That's progress. Appreciate that, Knicks fans. Because as much as you delude yourselves into thinking Frank Nilakina and Dennis Smith Jr. and Kevin Knox are going to be superstars and you've got this championship team around <laughs> this year's roster, nobody in the entire NBA thought that a team starting Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson would be even close to 500. Seriously, people in basketball honestly probably thought they would win 15, 20 games again. But you know what? Tibbs has them playing hard. He has them playing together. He has them playing defense. He has them playing with structure. So you know what? Manuel quickly, yeah, he looks like he's going to be a nice player. He's 21 years old, playing 19 minutes a game. That's decent. That's pretty good for a guy who played two years at Kentucky. There's a reason. He's not ready to be a starting point guard just yet. And as much as you, again, let's go back to talking about like the shot attempts and Elford being 3 of 12. That's not what Tibbs cares about. That's not how coaches evaluate games. It's like Draymond recently talked about in his viral clip that I absolutely loved. Where Draymond talks about all you guys just look at is the box score and shots. Everybody's obsessed with shots. And it also is how they ridiculously judge Draymond unfairly because that's, yeah, the one thing he can't do. He doesn't take many shots. But you know what? He's been a star player in the league for so long. And yes, not a superstar, but the best complimentary player probably of all time in that he impacts the game in so many ways, rebounding and passing and pace and IQ and leadership and all those things. So while Alfred Payton might not make his shots, those are not mistakes. Those are not what coaches get upset about. Coaches get upset about missed rotations, missed cover downs, missed stunts, game plan mistakes, not executing what they're supposed to be doing defensively. And you know what? 99.999% of you have no idea what those are. I'm just going to keep it real. Even I normally would have to watch a play or a game two or three times in meticulous detail to even really understand exactly what's going on in each possession, who's at fault, what the Knicks were looking for, what they were supposed to be doing. And even then, I don't even know exactly because I'm not in the coaches' meetings. I don't know. But I promise you, you bloggers and you guys who just watch games and are just fans, you don't know exactly what the players are supposed to be doing. You know who does? Tom Thibodeau. The guy is a defensive genius. He's watched more games than you can fathom. More games than you've watched in your entire life. He's watched probably in a year. He understands winning plays, winning basketball, being in the right spots, doing what's asked of you. Okay, and again, yes, like I said, Alfred Payton playing 30 minutes a game isn't very good, isn't very fortunate because, yeah, he's not a starting caliber point guard in the NBA. But he does know how to run a team. He does know how to play defense. He does do the things a coach asks of him.
problem with the Knicks. Yeah, Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, those guys are not starters on a playoff team. Austin Rivers, Taj Gibson, probably not major rotation pieces on good playoff teams at this point. So you know what they do? They go out and get Derrick Rose. Love it. Great move. And shout out to Tibbs for his loyalty to Derrick Rose. I, I tweeted this, but how often, and I've seen this firsthand, when a coach gets fired and things go south, you know, for, for a coach somewhere and ends up losing his job, generally speaking, things don't end very positively between him and the players. Usually there's a lot of animosity because, you know, the coach feels like they should be winning more. The players obviously get sick of the coach's message a little bit and tune him out. And obviously a pretty frequent criticism of Tibbs is that he's grating and just yells at you all game and, and obviously uh, demands a tremendous amount defensively. But the fact that him and Derrick Rose are reunited for the third time, a third go-around, obviously Derrick Rose is a pretty private guy who doesn't share a tremendous amount with the media. Obviously, that's a pretty good testament, though, that Tibbs is a pretty good dude. And the fact that he keeps going back to Derrick Rose, despite clearly him not being obviously what he was when he came into the league, despite not being able to give an unbelievable amount defensively, shows just the mutual respect that Derrick Rose has for Tibbs' basketball mind, for his defensive knowledge, for his leadership. And the respect Tibbs has for Derrick Rose as a, as a legend of the game, as a guy who still can perform at a really high level, even though it's just for 20, 25 minutes a game. And that's what Derrick Rose will give New York. And absolutely, to give up virtually nothing to get him, it's a no-brainer. So I don't know exactly. I, I figure Rose probably will still come off the bench, you would think. But yeah, uh, does this make it maybe a little harder for quickly to find minutes? Maybe, but you know what? Again, he's 21 years old. He'll find time. When he's ready to really, really play, to really go, to play 30, 35 minutes a night, it'll be very apparent. There'll be no more keeping him out of the rotation. And sure, maybe now it's on Scott Perry and Leon Rose and all those guys to trade Alfred Payton because you know what? Like I said, he's a valuable backup point guard on a, on a good playoff team. There's plenty of teams in the league that could use a guy like that coming off the bench, play good defense for 15 minutes a night, run the team. And if they feel like he's blocking quickly from playing and that there's you know young guys that could use a few more minutes, that's on them. So trade him. Make something happen. If you can't find a trade, find a buyout. You know what Tibbs' job is? His job is to freaking win. People tweeting, oh, no, it's it's the balance. It's the balance of developing young talent and, and winning. No, his first fucking job is to win. That's why they bought him there, to a franchise that's been, quite frankly, a joke for a long freaking time. To even flirt with 500, that's a huge damn win for them this season. And obviously, with winning comes development. When you win... You tend to develop your young players, too, from that culture, from understanding what's expected of them, what they have to do every single night, what they have to do to get playing time, how hard they have to battle defensively to even be considered for the rotation. No, Tibbs' job this season is not to come in and 
hand out charity minutes to Kevin Knox or Frank Milikina. His job is to play the best 9 or 10 guys that he thinks are going to win him basketball games. Do those tend to be veterans? Yeah. You know why they tend to be veterans? Veterans are smart. Veterans understand winning basketball plays. Veterans understand defense. Veterans do what they're supposed to do. Veterans play the right way. They play hard all the time. Yeah, Taj Gibson, Austin Rivers, Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock might not be the best players in the world anymore. They might not even be eighth or ninth guys on good teams. But you know what? They know how to play the game. They've been in this league for a long time. They're setting a culture in New York, and now it's on the young guys to catch up to that if they want to be a part of that future, if they want to be a part of that core. I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers, but I would absolutely trust Tom Thibodeau more than the bloggers and more from your first instincts screaming at the TV and what you think you see. Because again, very likely, you don't really know what you're talking about. They're in good hands. One step at a time. Take it slowly. Realize that you go to from bad and awful and awful and awful to mediocre to then a little bit above 500 to then making a big leap. And then you can start to complain about how they do in the playoffs and how some younger upstart coach would figure it all out and push all the right log buttons and play everybody the perfect amount of minutes. You know what? In coaching, there's still a tremendous amount of feel. There's still a tremendous amount of guys you're comfortable with, guys that you know will do what's asked of them. And again, like I said, coach's job is to win. Front office's job, it's their job. If you feel like, okay, we absolutely want so-and-so young player playing, fine. Then you guys trade the veterans that are ahead of them. You trade Alec Burks or Alfred Payton or whoever if you are dead set on getting Kevin Knox 15 minutes a game because you think there's something there, even though most people don't really see it anymore. That's on them. That's on them to put the roster together, and that's why Tibbs, again, is back just coaching. He's not a GM anymore. He wasn't very good at doing the two things at the same time. But as a coach, he's absolutely unlocked Julius Randle so much better than he was last year, looking like an all-star. He's got R.J. Barrett playing top-notch defense. He's got Elford playing top-notch defense. Mitchell Robinson's made huge strides on that end. He's helped quickly be a really solid point guard for a rookie to get to his floaters all the time. But he knows that his game, again, is far from perfect and still has a long way to go. And these things, again, take time. Not many rookies playing 20, 25, 30 minutes a night. OB's time will come too. Relax. He's behind the best player on the team. It's hard to find minutes for a guy that way. Again, right now, Tibbs' job is not to make sure OB gets 20 minutes a night at the expense of playing Randall less and losing more games. 
That's not what anybody wants. That's not what even you want. Even though you think you want Obi Toppin playing more, if it means ultimately you're going to lose more games, that's not what they want right now. And this is what fans get wrong all the time because they say, oh, what's the big deal about an 8 seed, 7 seed, 9 seed, whatever? What's the difference? Championships are not literally the only thing in basketball. Like I said, just getting to the playoffs, don't take that shit for granted. Because Minnesota did, and look at the place they're in now. Chicago did, look at the place they're in now. Things could always be worse. Look where the Wizards are now. Look where the Pistons are now. That's not fun. Look at what Cleveland's been since LeBron left. Look how the Pelicans have been since they made the playoffs in that really fun year. The Grizzlies just getting back to the play-in last season, that's a big deal. That's a big experience for young guys, for young teams. Baby steps. Everybody forgets this and thinks you jump right to being a champion. It doesn't work that way. Appreciate growth. Appreciate competitive basketball. Appreciate playoff-level basketball. If the Knicks can somehow stay in that 9-10 spot and at least give themselves a play-in game, a chance to be in the playoffs over teams like last year's Eastern Conference champion, the Miami Heat, over teams with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, over Blake Griffin and Jeremy Grant and all the talent they have in Detroit, that's impressive. That's hard to do. And right now you're taking it for granted. And at some point we're going to circle back to the same thing that's happened to Tom Thibodeau his whole career. He's not doing enough for the bloggers. He's playing too many minutes. He's playing the vets too much. And then you're going to fire him. And then things are going to go a lot worse. And you're going to wish he never did it. I'm excited to see what Derrick Rose looks like as a Nick. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure to subscribe. Leave me a rating and review if you can. Scout with Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, on Twitter, YouTube, for the most in-depth film breakdowns in the league, uh, and obviously the podcast. And for my true junkies, patreon.com slash scoutwithbrian is how you can support. Keep me going as a 100% independent basketball analyst content creator who's not going to put out all the hot takes and BS you see in mainstream because I work for you, the fans, not clicks, not the hot take, windmills, you guys. Again, patreon.com slash Brian. You can support for even a couple bucks a month. Unlock 50 bonus videos, private chats. Five or more gets my bet of the day, which is at 60, 65% right now. Appreciate your guys' support on there. Appreciate you guys listening. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon.